Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Football Friday on the fan. It's a man's game now. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Football Friday with Danny and Dusty on 1080. We have great expectations. The Fan. Hour number two on this Football Friday. Danny Morang and Dusty here with you on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. If you missed hour number one, check it out on the Les Schwab Tires podcast, 1080TheFan.com. Talk to Utes and Cougs. And a little bit of uh, the Buccaneers Ravens Thursday night football game. But we were talking about the Denver Broncos there at the end because Russell Wilson continues to be the king of cringe. And there is this growing sense and feeling that if they lose this weekend in uh, London against the Jacksonville Jaguars, that they could have a fire sale ahead of the trade deadline on Tuesday. I mean, there's just so much here that requires unpacking. One, they've already basically flat out said that uh, Hackett's coaching for his job. So <laughs> if that's the case, just fire him. He's not your coach. Mm-hmm. What What is winning a game and keeping you from being two and six do? If nothing. you don't believe Absolutely in it, nothing. pack him up. Just get mm-hmm. on with it. And if you want Sean Payton, to, if you want a proven coordinator, go talk to the freaking Saints before the trade deadline trade for his freaking rights in some other deal for one of the three guys you're moving. Because you're, you're, if you're packing it up, you're not going to need Bradley Chubb. You're not going to need Jerry Judy. You're not going to need K.J. Hamler. Go restock your war chest from all the crap that you gave up for a very bad quarterback at this point and try to get something going again because right now they're screwed. They have a $250 million anchor that they have to figure out. And the best way that you can win is by surrounding him with cheap and young talent. And they had to give up all of their uh, potential of cheap and young talent to acquire Russell Wilson. And, and that's it. I Back to your point about Nathaniel Hackett at the very beginning. I, I think there is something there because I don't understand why a, an organization and a head coach can't just come out and, and agree. Like the organization, you know it's not working with Nathaniel Hackett. You you know it. It's crystal clear at this point. We're almost halfway through the season, and it, it just is not getting any better. You've already had to force him to hire somebody to handle his game management. And I was willing to kind of let him go through some of the lumps through the first few weeks. But there should be this uh, – there should be the ability 
for an organization just to say, we made the wrong call. Yeah. Maybe some guys aren't the right head coach. Maybe they're just a coordinator. Or and maybe that's it's okay. the wrong time. Maybe it's a Belichick situation. Like maybe it's a maturity, like a Lane Kiffin. Like there's there's different. Th- it's it's just not a right fit right now. It's it's not an indictment on him. Mm-hmm. It's just not a right now fit. It doesn't mean you can't grow from this. It doesn't mean you can't learn from it. The flip side is you could be Josh McDaniels and you could just not be a head coach. But there's. I get that there's money involved and all that kind of stuff, but like, mm-hmm. you're not saving anything here, other than money, other than a potential like lump sum payout. Otherwise, just be done with it and get going into what's more important right now, which is next season. Yeah, nothing would make me happier than Nathaniel Hackett to turn this whole thing around and to shut me up, because I think that would be a cool story, mm-hmm. um, and that would be a fantastic one to to talk about and follow as the guy who really stepped in it time and time again and couldn't figure out a way to make Russell Wilson work. If he can make Russell Wilson work and they can win, then that would be awesome. But watching it, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. And you lose a locker room, you're done. I mean, that's it. And it kind of already looks like that's where it is. And I think it's not just the head coach. I think the quarterback has lost that locker room as well. So if you're talking about a fire cell, you mentioned three assets earlier that could be very tantalizing for one of these contenders to go out and get. And the first one, I think, is is Bradley Chubb. Yep. You look at Bradley Chubb, and one, it's, what, $7 million he's guaranteed in, in 2022. Yep. He's an unrestricted free agent His coming into this coming year. Up. And so it'll be a... Hey, we are going to wipe our hands clean of this guy. You're going to have a, a minimal cap hit for the Denver Broncos only for this year, and they could get some draft capital. Now, with an expiring contract, you probably only get like a fifth or a sixth round pick. But they and only have five picks in this draft. They, but you need everything you yeah. can to try to trade up or just get get talent any way you can. But Bradley Chubb, I think, is kind of where it starts because you think of at his position and what he can give to a contending team. Everybody's looking for guys that can um, two things: protect the quarterback and get to the quarterback. <laughs> he can get to the quarterback. Yeah, we just saw Robert Quinn get traded for you know actual value. So Bradley Chubb, outside of his injuries, is a fantastic pass rusher. You should be able to get. I think I'll get about fifth for him, even with the, with the expiring deal. But like that's that's where you start. And the guy I think that may have the most value to this team is a guy that they have not been able to use, and they haven't used him well at all. Jerry Judy, uh, the wide receiver mm-hmm. who's got two years uh, left on his deal. Well, one more year in twenty twenty three at a really reasonable two point six million. And then he got a fifth-year option where you could exercise that and you get a trial run of a year and a half before you have to make that call. That is huge for any team to have Jerry Judy in say, all right, we are a receiver away. We have, if we want a, if we want a big play guy, if we want a guy that can compliment, you can get a couple good picks right now for Jerry Judy and a team will get a couple of years for him. Now, you're not going to get this massive haul. You're not going to recoup that first-round pick that you lost. That's going ahead in Seattle's way. But you may be able to get a third or a fourth-round pick in there and where Jerry Judy then is out. But that's also cheap talent that you're probably going to want to keep on your roster because you need cheap assets around Russell Wilson. I mean, they're kind of in a lose-lose here because you're really paying – 
Russell Wilson a boatload of money, and then you don't have very many tradable assets outside of Judy, Bradley Chubb, and in Hamler. Well, you just you traded away not only your picks but some of your young talent along with it to Seattle, and so they find themselves in this position of trying to live in both worlds, and yeah. it's just it's just not something that is going to be an easy execution because of the the anchor that they have tied around their neck in Russell Wilson. And, and there's a lot of, you know, question about it. Like, why would you, why wouldn't you want to keep Chubb and pay him instead of Randy Gregory? Well, that's because the trade value, the assets that you can get. I mean, you're not going to be able to get into a bidding war with anybody else because of the contract that you handed out to Russell Wilson. And Bradley Chubb isn't the guy that's going to push you over the edge to, to keep him in town. I mean, if it came down to, all right, do we need to make some sacrifices in order to keep Bradley Chubb because we're close, then I think you probably do say that. But Randy Gregory doesn't have as much value as Bradley Chubb has right now, and that is the big issue with where Denver's at. You're not close, and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent and you don't want to get into a bidding word when you have so many other holes that you need to fill right now. And this is going to be an interesting one to see how this goes and plays out. And like this text says, you know, the Packers should go and trade for Jerry Judy right now. Hell yeah, they should. You know, there's, there's three teams that should be looking at Jerry Judy and uh, KJ Hamler. And it's the Packers, it's the Colts, um, and it's – I'm blanking on the third. I wrote them down earlier because I'm an idiot and I knew I would do this. Uh, blah, blah, you are an blah. idiot. This is not the reason why. Uh, true. Packers, Colts, Giants? and Giants. Yes. Yeah, the Giants definitely should. Giants need receivers. In general. But like... I, they're, they're an interesting one. I don't think they're buying anyone because I think even in their heart of hearts. They know they're a year away. They know that they're front office. They're like, dude, the, this is a, we're a paper line. We're not, we're not gonna. But that's where Judy makes sense, though. Sustainable. Like as far as as far as the retainability, they, he's still on yeah. his rookie deal. Like that's where I think Judy mm-hmm. makes the most sense for the Giants, just because of that. If you're looking at timelines and the, and the the age of that roster, that's the one I can see being done before Tuesday. Yeah, that hey, that could happen. That very well could happen. Man, it would be very interesting to see the Denver Broncos cut bait with a loss and just say. We've got to wash our hands of all things that have happened right now. We're going to have to hit a hard reset button, something that Russell Wilson didn't want to do in Seattle, and his new team's going to have to do it. That That is going to be wild. And meanwhile, John Schneider is going to be twirling a handlebar mustache that he should be growing right now and have a maniacal laugh <laughs> as he watches all this happen because he's going to get Denver's first-round pick. My God, it's... Like that's maybe that's part of why. And again, the Broncos should have a fire sale, and they should fire Hackett. Like they should be done. But I bet you part of their hesitancy yeah. is that the optics of this no are awful. Yeah. And that yeah. pick, if they if they if they suck, and they they sell out, they know full well that number one, it did not pay off, and number two, that they're going to surrender a top flight asset to the Seahawks. In this well, deal. and that's the thing is that in the NFL. It's not like a tank. This wouldn't be a tank. This is a you reset because you can quickly rebuild yeah. in the NFL. You can turn it around relatively quickly, but you have got to have flexibility and the ability 
to go out and, and pay some guys and make some moves. And that is something that right now the they just don't have haven't afforded themselves. Yep. So and so you had you would have to do this like you get rid of a Bradley Chubb. I, I Jerry Judy just seems like one that when you have a few more years with him, it's got to be a sweetheart of a deal. It has got to be a sweetheart yeah. of because you, you're not going to get anybody better than him. You're just not using him properly right now. Um. But Bradley Chubb expiring deals do make sense because you you're not going to be in a position to keep him. Next you're just year. trying to keep it moving. That's yeah. that's really all you're trying to do. And to be honest, as good as Chubb is, his injury concerns have got to be problematic for the Broncos who are trying to be in a title window, anyways. Mm. All right, let's look, take a look at the Pac-12 weekend as a whole. We got a big one down in Strawberry Canyon and a bounce back for the boys from Troy. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. On the fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Pac-12 weekend continues with week nine of the college football season. Got underway last night. Utah escaping Pullman with the 21-17 win. Cougs are searching for answers. Utah's looking for some good news on the injury front with Cameron Rising being dinged up. Tavion Thomas being dinged up. Their backup running back dinged up. Both of their tight ends going down with injury. My goodness, it can't get much worse for Utah. Knock on wood. But... We we got a slate of four other games too, as I think it's going to be highlighted by Oregon heading down to Strawberry Canyon and taking on a Cal Golden Bears team. Now, well, I say this every week, and it's it's true. Winning on the road is hard. In college football, winning on the road is hard. Mm-hmm. Oregon, we saw with the trip up to Pullman. Their defense hasn't necessarily traveled too well on the road. And this is going to be an interesting spot because this is the first time where Oregon is riding a high into a game and you you win that top 10 matchup. This would be the prime spot in years past of a letdown game. You win a, win a emotional top 10 game at home. 
you throttle them. It's college game day. The environment was raucous. Now you have to go to Cal team that is not very good, but they play hard. It's going to be in front of an empty stadium. It'll be hard to get going. This has all the makings of one of those letdown games, and this is where coaching is going to matter. It's going to matter big time getting these guys prepared, locked in, and keeping them focused. Yeah, you look at this game, it's you know, it's spread 17. That's a big, big number. And if you're talking about opportunity for a letdown game, it kind of fits the mold of, yeah, no, they should just walk right over them. And, and relatively, they, they should. Cal does not have the firepower to keep up with them. They're, they are a team that is predicated on taking care of the ball, playing defense, being able to run out the clock uh, effectively, at least in the end of the game. Uh, even though their passing yardage is comparative, at least, on the season with uh, most, I think, of the, of the Pac-12, even if they are at the bottom end of it. Um, but it's, I mean, this is a game that on paper, Oregon, they should steamroll. Yep, they, ab- they should. They absolutely should. Like, this is a, if you're confident in this team, again, not that you're, you know, betting-wise, but they should cover. Like, looking at how everything lines up, they should cover. We talked about yesterday the opportunity for Bo Nix ahead of him to become a Heisen hopeful, and part of that is going out against a team like Cal, putting the the press on them early and making them try to play a style of football that they're not used to playing. And in so, Oregon's able to run away, and Bo Nix is able to put up some crooked numbers. Yeah. Like, and if you take care of your business, this has all the writings that it should. And they, you mentioned it. They do take care of the ball. I think what four to the last five games, Cal has been t- turnover free. Mm-hmm. They play a very conservative style, and they just try to suffocate you on the defensive side of the ball. We'll see how explosive this Oregon offense can be against a Cal team that they're going to be well coached on that side, uh, the defensive side of the ball. There, you mentioned Bo Nix, though. There's a really good read up at CBS Sports. Uh, Dennis Dodd caught up with Bo Nix and Kenny Dillingham. And it's a little bit of a long read. It's not too bad. But it kind of, it really highlights what we were talking about yesterday. He even mentioned it. He mentioned, the, like, Bo Nix on the periphery of the Heisman conversation. One thing that is really interesting out of it, and it's a human aspect of sports that we so often kind of overlook, is Bo Nix talked about how, like, the fun was ripped out of football. When he was at Auburn, well, I mean, it had Auburn to sucks do with, in like, general. Yeah, it had nothing to do with like wins and losses. <laughs> it had to do with everything that came with the fan base around it, the boosters mm-hmm. within the confines of the football offices and the athletic administration of all of that turnover, the pressure, and you know, Kenny Dillingham just said. Intense is the word to describe Auburn. <laughs> they both like, they it, both been down there. They they know what it is and the ability to get away from that and some stability and maybe the quiet nature of and everybody thinks that you know it's uh, it, because Oregon's good and 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 uh, nationally rated and all the stuff that comes with it. It's it, it's nothing. It, it's it's crickets in the forest in the middle of the night compared to even the quietest SEC school. Well, because there's so much uneasiness about the Auburn program. Mm-hmm. Their rival is Alabama which is one of the greatest dynasties that we've seen in the history of college football, if we're being completely honest. I mean, sports. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite literally like rivaling 60 Celtics type stuff. It's, they're that good. And there is so much like of a need and a want 
to be as good as them that they get delusional. If you have a good season, the expectation is that you win a national championship. If you have a bad season, everything is horrible and everybody needs to get fired, and they do get fired. Like, that is Auburn. Auburn is delusional to the nth degree. It is incredible that they have won a national title and played for another with everything that has gone on there, with their booster control, with bringing in head coaches and firing them left and right. It is dysfunctional there. And Gene Chizik said it, being great is really expensive. They got the best team money could buy when they had Cam Newton, Nick Fairley, and Michael Dyer, who was Jeff Rust. Michael Dyer was down. down. I was waiting. Yes. Sorry. I was waiting for Michael Dyer. Michael <laughs> Dyer was down because every time we bring up Auburn, yes. th- that is that what Jeff Russ says. Michael Dyer was down. That's weird. Michael Dyer was down. When, when, you, when you said it, I, I, my, my brain went, was not down. <laughs> <laughs> weird. But it was the whole kind of idea about Bo Nix and this resurgence with Oregon is that Dillingham and Nix kind of have a perspective of what it what it can be like and here they have gotten a restart where the expectations and what was known about Bo Nix down in Auburn has been wiped clean and he's got a fresh start here. And you're seeing that kind of loosened freeness that he's being that he's being able to play with. It's 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 fun to see. It is and it, and that's what kind of made me want to talk about Bo Nix yesterday is yeah. that there, there is real growth to his game, and there is there there does need to be real recognition on him because, as salty tasting as that Georgia loss is, he's been very good. He's been one of the preeminent quarterbacks in the country. He's taken incredibly good care of the ball. He's made the right reads. He's t- he's had the highlight reel plays. He's done things with his legs. He's got Oregon exactly where they need to be following that defeat. And like again. So much of this is on his growth, but Kenny Dillingham just putting him in the right positions. But Bo Nix has still got to execute, and he has been Mm -hmm. phenomenal outside of that Georgia game. Yeah, he really has been. Outside of of the Oregon-Cal game, we've got a bounce back for USC. Do they have the resolve that they've been talking about so much? That game's going to be at 4 o'clock on the Pac-12 network. Um, And, by the way, the Oregon-Cal game, right here on the fan, 12.30 – um, our pregame coverage will start at 8 a.m. tomorrow and leading up to the 12.30 kick on the fan and on FS1 is where it will be on TV. But on the Pac-12 network tomorrow at 4, USC hits the road. They go to Arizona, and they got to pick themselves up off the mat. It sucks being in the position that they were in where you, you lose a game and then you have to buy week that you have to just sit there on and it. stew in it. That's a score as basically the clock expires. Uh, not even a single score, a single point, and mm. then having to sit on it for a week. <laughs> but they get Arizona. They do. They do get Arizona. I mean, uh, schedule-wise, Arizona, California, Colorado. I mean, if if you wanted tune-up games ahead of UCLA, you got them. Yeah. Other than that, Arizona State plays Colorado tomorrow at 430 on ESPNU. That game is Does- proof that <laughs> n- nobody wins. That's yeah. like a tree falling in the forest kind of a deal. Yeah, that's just a pit of sadness. Mm. And then 7.30, Pac-12 after dark, Stanford goes down to UCLA where the Bruins try to get pick themselves up by their bootstraps. Uh, and they got a an easy one. 
Let's I just can call see that it game this. That drunk. may be the fastest Pac-12 after dark game of, of all time. No, they're just going to run drunk. the ball. Oh yeah, it, but it's it's, it's going to be drunk somehow, some way. It's Pac-12 after dark, man. It always has to be. There is not a single game in the Pac-12 that is a single-digit spread. Oregon, 17-point favorites. And these are big numbers. Yeah. Oregon, 17-point favorites. USC, 15-point favorites. Colorado is uh, 13-point dogs. Arizona State is two-touchdown favorite over Colorado. That's how bad things are for the Buffs. 13-and-a-half. And then UCLA, 16-and-a-half point favorites. That's a, that's nuts to think about. And to think that the road team in three of those games are two touchdown favorites. Yeah, that is that is beyond. We've got some bad teams right now in the Pac-12. And that kind of tells you that you have a, a top-heavy conference, too. You know, Oregon, SC, and UCLA, those are the prides. Arizona State, is that's just a product of how bad Colorado is, being a Thirteen and a half point favorite dog to a two and five team, at home. Yes, <laughs> in Boulder at elevation. At elevation, God. Yeah, wrap your head around that. Colorado really just they they just can't can they? No, they just can't. Like, like the they, campus is beautiful. They, they the stadium football. is incredible. They have a great game day atmosphere. Ralphie running on the field. It you got no cool sense. ass uniforms. Their facilities are brand new and look really nice now. So it's not facilities any longer. I they just I don't get it. Colorado is either really bad or a really good team. They're, they're, they they can't be a Nebraska. They can't be a Wisconsin. Like why <laughs> why can't you be like a nine a, a, a uh-huh. perennial nine to a, like eleven win team? <laughs> There's zero reason why you should not be able to do that. You're in a more metropolitan area. You've got more money. You've got nicer facilities. You've got a place more people want to be. How do you continue to suck? I don't understand it. Make it make sense. Who knew that that would get a Danny Rand? Of all the places that continues to suck, like I, Utah is like nobody really wants to go to Utah. And I love that school, and I love that campus. I love what they've done there. They've got one of the best coaches in the country. Mm. But if you get a kid on campus at Boulder and you can't convince them to come, what are you doing? I don't know, man. Maybe they just don't like the cold. But football players don't like the cold. It's hard. All right, so some people just don't get it. Well, this, we already know he just doesn't get it. His timing is incredible. Danny and Dusty on the fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. That sucks. If reading the room were a game, Kyrie Irving would be losing, and it would be very, very, very bad. Um, it would be a rout of epic proportions. Because on the heels of Kanye West losing half of his wealth, well, well everything. over half of his wealth. Yeah, everything. Um, due to anti-Semitic comments... 
yesterday before the Brooklyn Nets game, Kyrie Irving um, tweeted out a link to a movie and book called Hebrews to Negroes, which is uh, apparently a, a movie that is anti-Semitic. In a, it has a ton of anti-Semitic tropes uh, throughout it, and now he is getting a ton of backlash, very similar due to the rhetoric that is in that uh, book and film that he was boosting on his social media before their game on Thursday. Kyrie Irving has gone from just being dumb and harmful to being a full-on, I mean, just a-hole. That's 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 the level that we've reached. Um, as much as we just packed up uh, Kanye West, Yee, whatever the hell he wants to be called today, we should be doing the same with Kyrie Irving. I I, ho- I genuinely hope the league. I, I am not one who wants a ton of oversight over stuff. I'm I'm uh, pretty open to the idea of everybody just being their own way and just not messing with other people. But what Kyrie is promoting right now with this movie and this book is is anti-Semitic tropes of that the uh, Jews themselves are responsible for black slavery, that the black population is actually the uh, true heirs to the kind of cradle of civilization and that the Jews uh, have uh, manipulated all of world history to uh, push the blacks to Africa and take over the Holy Land, uh, that Jews control all of the media and are manipulating your news and, 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 and shaming black people and putting them in, in positions of or uh, less positions of power. It's all just truly nasty stuff. Mm. Um, and this is the same kind of stuff that, that uh, Kanye was promoting. It comes from um, not Kyrie has, has come out as Muslim, but these, these views, these, these tropes, um, they don't come from the Muslim faith. It comes from the, uh, there's a couple different versions of it, but the black Hebrew Israelite movement and that's where that's where this this book and movie come from, and all of this stuff is just it's nasty, and we've got to we've got to get past this, like allowing it and this whole idea of open free thinking. When you're when you're talking about persecuting and and propagating any of this nastiness, it's got to stop. But it particularly has to stop on marginalized communities that were particularly in the both the black and the Jewish communities, mm-hmm. where. These people have been hunted and, and traded and, and persecuted and murdered in mass. Like, yeah. I, I don't I don't know why it took so long to get there with Kanye West, and yet still Kyrie on the same day that he gets canceled and packed up by all of his sponsors, all of his companies. Kyrie's sitting there. You know what? Today's the day I should really put this out there. I should really make sure that we're reinforcing this today. So then, there you go. That's our, our our worst day on the web because Kyrie Irving's at a bleeping moron, and it's 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 spewing hate to apparently stop spewing hate in one direction, but you're gonna spew it back in the other is kind of what I've gathered from from where Kyrie is coming from in, in tweeting that out and then just kind of walking away from it all as well. And all of the backlash, and if you're going to post something like that, and just kind of wipe your hands and say, "All right," I mean, I'm this, this is how the, the Nazis came to power. Was they, the the German problems were laid at the feet of the Jews? 
that everything that was wrong in Germany was because they had gone away from their own nationalistic, they had gone away from their own people, <sighs> and they had given too much over to the Jews in that it was their own people, which is what Kyrie is saying, his black people, they need to rally together and fight this common enemy. Like, if this rhetoric sounds familiar, it's because it's got some serious Nazi undertones to it. Yikes, man. Uh, Kyrie, and it's not a good day for him. And it, let's be honest, it rarely is when people take their thoughts to the Internet and then just uh, decide they're going to walk away and not defend them or explain them any, any further. Way to go. Kyrie Irving, everybody. Dumbass. All right, uh, back, to, back to sports. We have a couple of injury updates that they could have a big swing on this weekend's action, and one includes the Seattle Seahawks. Danny Dusty on the fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Ooh, solid. You qualify this as your Yacht Rock there, Jeff Rust? No, I'm taking a break from the Yacht Rock for this uh, bump back because today is the 50th anniversary of the release of Stevie Wonder's noted talking book album. Oh, we talked about this yesterday. I'm not good with albums. Um, I'm assuming that superstitious, their superstition is on there. Yeah, I did my research. Is this the? Uh, <laughs> that dude has so many hits. I love oh, so Stevie many. Wonder. Yeah, so many. He's just there's. I don't think there's a person that has anything bad to say about Stevie Wonder tunes. What is? Uh, what else is on there on, uh, on this one? There was the old uh, "You Are the Sunshine of My Life." I mean, you just could have said that, but the fact that I could you have, sang that, it makes yeah. it that much better, and I love it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and I forget what else, but you know, those, oh. are, your, those are your. Yeah, two well, you, you got two. You got two bangers on there, right? I'm assuming that side A and side B of the tape, starting it with "You Are the Sunshine of My Life," and then "Superstition" on the other side, right? <sighs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. I couldn't have told you that "Superstition" was Stevie Wonder. <gasps> Knew the song, really? but I. For, I, I always get him confused with probably like seven other artists, mm. even though he has like a defining sound. Because He's one Bruce Hornsby? Sure. <laughs> his voice changes so much through his career. Bruce Hornsby! Yeah. Like the, the tone and style of his voice, it changes throughout his career so much. And I always confuse him with somebody else. I'm like, oh, it's this person. Like, no, Stevie Wonder. Oh, it's this person. No, it's Stevie Wonder. I'm like, all right, I, I give up. It's so everything Stevie Wonder. You know, that may – Stevie Wonder may be one of the very first conspiracy theories that I've ever, like, heard and really believed because the Stevie Wonder not actually blind. And I remember the first time somebody said it to me. I think I was at a – Stevie Wonder sitting courtside at a basketball game, and my friend's dad was like – Stevie, is, he, I told you, he said to somebody, he's like, some, Stevie, I told you Stevie Wonder's not blind. He's sitting courtside. And I thought to myself, that's interesting. What, Stevie Wonder can't go to a basketball game and get good seats because he can't see? Uh, I don't, well, what yeah. would you, why? Why not? 
Well, I don't know. He's got the But dough. that was the first time I remember just being a kid and being like, huh. And got, I was young. He's got the dough. Was, Let the man be blind at a basketball I was, game. I was probably like 11 or 12 or something like that. And I remember just going, oh, I've, I've never even thought about that. And that was like the first time that I ever that ever entered my mind. And then you hear like uh, Shaq has a story where like Shaq walked into an elevator and he's like, what's up, Shaq? And apparently Shaq didn't say a word to him. That was that's just one of the very first conspiracy theories I remember hearing. And every time I hear a little bit, I'm like, I mean, this is really a long con that he's playing right now, guys. I think I think the gig would have been up by now. What was the movie? Um, The Prestige. Christian no Bale? No oh, idea. Is that like a, I haven't seen that's it. That's a what a magic magician movie, correct? Yeah, and there's a there's a guy who his the, there's another magician in there for his entire life, like even during the show, off the show, all of it, where he plays like an old man who's who can't move, blah 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 blah, but it turns out he actually can. But the secret is that he is acting in this certain way that so to to sell his tricks. Hmm. So, it, it, interesting. But yeah, but that makes me makes me think of like if he's just a hundred percent committed to the bit. No, <laughs> I don't buy it. I think I'm more online with this one. that says because all of his senses come through his ears. So why would you not want to be down on the court and have your only uh, sense that works be blocked by all the fans in the stands? True. So you could like feel the vibrations and you can hear all the sounds and all that stuff. Um, it makes sense, but I remember just being a kid, that was like the very first, that probably is like the first conspiracy theory that I remember being like, oh, is this is this real? It's at least remotely believable. Also, yeah. Stevie Wonder being on a basketball court, court level, and being the only one that doesn't need to pay to have special access to hear what's going on on the floor, tremendous stuff. Wait, say that again? Like, if you want to watch a basketball game right now, I would pay an exorbitant amount of money to hear what's going on on the floor. It's the one, it's the oh. one place where he shines. He gets to hear it all. Man. It, what is said on a court and on the field and stuff like oh, that? Oh, it's great. I love sitting I wonder Because they have mics everywhere. Oh, they on, have it all. You, you can catch it all. On football fields, yeah. baseball fields, basketball courts. I wonder with that audio, like if there is like a library of just incriminating audio. I'm sure that's probably how they get on, how they find out about stuff sometimes. Yeah. Man. Love it. Okay. Well, that's Stevie Wonder talk. 50 years ago. It's a long time. Yeah, it is. Oh, quick. This text came in on, it's my favorite Stevie Wonder song. Do you, you probably don't because you don't, you, you confuse them with a lot of other people, Danny. Uh-huh. But this uh, Texas underrated Stevie Wonder song, Sir Duke. Sir, Sir Duke. Duke is my favorite. Absolutely. Sir Duke is fantastic. It is It I'll is one of, break. like, you want to change my mood? Put on Sir Duke. And somebody else said, I just called to say I love you, too. That's a good one. That's more 80s style Stevie, though, I believe. Yeah. That's some slow down jams there. Um, but, yeah, Sir Duke, great. Wasn't on this album, though. Superstition. No, it was not. All right. Nor was I just All right. to say I love you. Let's get to the injury news across the NFL. And I've got a question. Does the winner of the Seahawks-Giants game, can they stay claim to the second-best team in the NFC? 
Danny Dusty on the fan. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.